0: Lord Jesus, You are you are all of this and more, and You've been that to us. Holy Spirit, You've been that to us. Heavenly Father, You have been that to us, all of this and more. We're glad to be alive. We're glad to be here. We're glad to be on the other side of the camera. Bless the remaining moments in the Word of God. We need a word from Jesus. Let the Word be clear. We pray in His name. Amen. Isn't it amazing how you can be sitting one moment just loving life, all of the joy and the exuberance of life bursting up in your heart, and you're, you're kind of singing to yourself, zippity-doo-dah, zippity eh Oh, my, oh, my. What a wonderful day. And then, just like that, shoo, your world is turned upside down. They just released them this week. Did you see them? I saw them. From the security cameras, in the St. George Hospital, University Medical Center in Beirut, Lebanon. Those cameras are running full time. When that what was it? Ammonium nitrate explosion levels Beirut, at least the downtown. St. George is near, the hospital is near ground zero. I watch those. Unbelievable. Here comes a physician. He's walking down the hall. He walks past the nurse's station. For some reason he just feels impressed. I don't know. He goes in boom, the whole hall behind them, in that instant, disappeared. Lights, lights out. They had, a, they had a security camera up in the, the lobby of this wonderful hospital. And uh, teenage Lebanese kids with their pandemic white masks on are scurrying around. They must have heard something. They start to go this way, then they start running this way, and then, boom. And then there was a maternity ward. I had to watch this to make sure. I wouldn't have told you about it otherwise. All the bassinets are there. I watched it the second time. Not a baby in those bassinets. Hallelujah. The nurse just takes a look at all these empty bassinets. She goes over here, and then the window and the wall. The camera keeps going. Dust settles. She gets up. Hallelujah. Everyone survives in these uh, video clips. One moment, the next, gone pandemic. One moment, the next here we are. Explosion. It can be a phone call you get that turns your world upside down. In fact, Jesus wants us to understand that even with the Second Coming, it's going to be that way. One moment here. Open your Bible with me to the words of Jesus. Just read that words today, because we're back together again. The New Year's about to begin. Hasn't begun yet, but Mark, Chapter 13. Open your Bible. Mark, Chapter 13. I'll be in the NIV again today. Mark, Chapter 13, the words of Jesus. What's happened here is that Jesus is going to tell us a story, all right? This is just three days before the implosion, the explosion called Calvary. Three days in advance. This is late Tuesday afternoon. He has just laid out to his closest friends on Earth a series Of economic indicators, political indicators, sociological indicators, ecological indicators, meteorological indicators that will together form the harbinger of his return to this planet. He's going to tell a story. Let's read it together. This is Mark chapter 13, verse 32. But, red letters in my Bible, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun, capital S, sun but only the Father." Whoa, pause button. Come on, Dwight, you, can't, you, you, you don't think Jesus really meant what He said. You don't think He meant that He Himself, because it says it's capital S, He doesn't know the day of His return? Do you know what scholars have a big debate about that? They're weighing in on both sides of the question. No, He doesn't know because it's His Son of Man nature that He's speaking through, and after the resurrection, it will be His Son of God nature that will take back over and it goes back and forth but uh, Frederick Dale Brunner in his commentary talking about these words he kind of draws the circle around this way may I quote him it is the very glory of the incarnation that Christ accepted those limitations of knowledge which are inseparable from a true humanity in other words he's one with us at that moment We could have gone up to Jesus right after that and said, Lord, this is fascinating what you did here in the little apocalypse of Mark 13, but we have a question. can, Can you give us the date? We need the date when you're coming back. And you know what he would have said? It has not been revealed to me. Only my Father knows. Is it possible that even today Jesus, so allied with us in our humanity, has chosen... Don't tell me, Father. I'll just keep working as hard as I can until you hit the button. End. Wow. Now, Jesus is going to share two assertions that we need to get straight in our minds, and he's just shared assertion number one. Let's put it, let's, uh, put it on the screen, please. Assertion number one. What do we know? we know? We know the uncertainty of his timing. Isn't that right? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But let's be clear. The uncertainty of his timing is not speaking... Well, just read read the next line. Let's, Let's just read the next line. And I want to put the second assertion up. But we need to read verse 33 first. I was so eager to share it with you, but let's read verse 33 first. So he says, hey, nobody knows the day or the hour, nobody, nobody, nobody but the Father. Now, verse 33, be on guard, Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Ooh. There's a second assertion. Let's put that up now. I'm ready for it. Assertion number one, the uncertainty of His timing. Now, here comes assertion number two that Jesus makes. The certainty, not the uncertainty, the certainty of His returning. Let us be clear. His returning is not the uncertainty. It's not the uncertainty. The uncertainty is only about the timing. That's a big deal. In this brave new pandemic world, on the eve of the new year beginning here at Andrews University, it is not the returning that is up for grabs. Jesus said, Let not your heart be what? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in. In my Father's house are many. If it were not so, I would have. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, let's do it. Let's do it out loud with your hand over your mask. If I go and prepare a place for you, I... let's do it out loud. I will come again. I went into a, I went into a business the other day, and, and the guy saw me coming, and he knew who I was, so he quickly said, excuse me, just a minute. He says, I have my... He says, I have my handmade mask on now. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to communicate. It's hard to talk. I will come again. We cannot miss. There is no uncertainty about the return of Jesus. In fact, you know what I've noticed? I find this rather illuminating. How many of you have earnestly concluded, and I've been hearing from you, you have concluded, you know what? I'm even more certain Jesus is returning soon than I was before the pandemic. I'm more sure now that He's returning soon. Something has happened to us. We are not the same people that went into this pandemic six months ago. We are not the same people. We have changed. And not all for the bad. Oh, i tell you what. There's a, there's a video that's gone viral, I'm going to tell you about it in a moment, from a Baptist pastor. Hmm. Something's changed in America. Yeah. Now, let's be very clear, ladies and gentlemen. Can we put those two up again, please? The uncertainty of his timing. The uncertainty is about the timing, not the returning. The return is sure. I will come again. You can count on me. I'll be there." And so now he, tells, now he tells a story. Once upon a time, there was, there was a man. He had a lovely mansion, and he had a lot of servants. And one day he went, Yo, everybody. Got to talk, got to talk. Hey, listen. I need to tell you something. I'm going on a trip. I'm gonna be gone for a while. I need you, each of you. You know, you do this. Yeah, you know it. You just keep doing it. You, you keep doing that. Really helpful. You, 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 you. you. And then I'm going to come back. Is that clear? Clear, Master, clear. But before we can walk away, excuse me, Master. Yes. When are you coming back? (sighs) He smiles. That's a deal. I can't tell you. I will be back, though. (sighs) Yeah, that's the story. Let's read it. Come on, red letters. Here it is. It's like a man. Verse 34. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house, and he puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and he tells the one at the door, keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back. Now, I want to put hold that verse right on the screen here, because you have both assertions again. Now, he gave them once in the preamble to the story, and now he repeats them. Therefore, keep watch. You do not know. Assertion number one, the uncertainty of his timing, right? But then quickly he says, you do not know when, and he's making an assertion. The owner of the house will come back. Hallelujah. And that's the... That's the uh, That's the certainty of his returning. It's the timing that's the question. Uh, Jesus is going to speak three words, and he's going to keep repeating those three words. Let's go back to 35 and pick it up. We'll just take it to the end of his story. Verse 35. "...therefore keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back." Two assertions. There they are. "...whether in the evening, or at midnight... These are the four watches of the Roman night. You got evening, then you got midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes... Verse 36. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. Verse 37. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Watch. What's Jesus' point? You just got it. That's it. In the Greek, gregor gay. gregor I have a brother named Gregory. And his name, I'm absolutely convinced, is from this Greek word, Gregor Gay. What's Gregor Gay mean? It means keep watch. It's just be watchful. Be watchful. Three times. You just look through it and you can count it yourself. Three times. Watch, 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 watch. He says, Dwight, have more than three. That's the whole point. Just keep watching. No question. Jesus' bottom line, the uncertainty of his timing is joined to the certainty of his returning. The, the two of them are bound to each other. Hey, listen, let's say you and I, we got all the servants together. The master's gone. We find out the house, and we show up, and uh, we knock at the door, and the doorkeeper answers, and, and we say, listen, can we come in? We just want to ask the, the, the servants who work here three simple little questions. Would that be okay? He's a friendly guy. He says, yeah, come on in. Yo, everybody, take five. Come on down to the uh, entryway. We got some guests. So, all the servants come tumbling down the stairs and from the back of the house, and we say, listen, thank you for letting us interrupt your obviously very busy morning. We have three simple questions to ask you. Question number one. We have learned that your master has left. Do you know when he's coming back? Hand shoots up. I don't know. Another hand shoots up. I feel it soon. Another hand. You. Well, it's sure a lot closer to today than when he left. That's good. Question number two, we want to ask you: Could it be? Do you suppose your master has been delayed? Hmm. Everybody's thinking, and then somebody says, "Well, how could that be?" And the voice pipes up, "He never told us. He never told us when he was returning, returning." And then. The wise person at the back of the group says, Yeah, right. So how could you possibly call it a delay when we have no date by which to determine the delay? You and I get in this little habit, little pity party. Oh, he's been delayed. He's been delayed. He's been delayed. How can you call it a delay? He never gave a date. Right? Okay, but we want to ask three questions. All right, what's your third one? Here it is. Knowing all that, how do you know how to live when you don't know when he's returning. Hmm. And of course, that's Jesus' point. Watch, watch, watch. Three to one more time. Verse 35. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. So what I say to you, you, I say to everyone, watch. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we know he's coming back. Let's put that first line up. We know he's coming, don't we? I mean, don't you know that Jesus is coming back? You're 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 not conflicted on this, are you? You know he's coming, don't you? Of course you do. You know, the people say, hey, yo, I'm an Adventist, but I don't, I, I don't know that He's coming back. You know, that kind of comment, that's not an Adventist comment. That's a Sadventist. We live for the return of Jesus because we know He's coming. Next line, please. Even though we don't know when He's coming. Third line, please. We live our lives as if it were... What's that last word? Today. Yeah. We live our lives as if it were today. Shh, Jesus, don't fall asleep. I'm telling you. Stay awake. Stay alert. Stay awake. I'm coming. And so we live our lives as if it were today. William Miller, our great Baptist forefather, came to that compelling conclusion. When he and his fellow Little A Adventists, all right, not capital A, that's you and me, the Little A Adventists, when they were so bitterly disappointed, when they did exactly what Jesus had told them you can't do, they set a date for his return. So disappointed is William Miller that he sits down on November 10, 1844, grabs his writing utensil, and he scribbles out a letter to his friend Joshua Himes. Let me, put the, let me put the words on the screen for you. This is, this is Miller. Although I have been twice disappointed, I am not yet cast down or discouraged. God has been with me in spirit and has comforted me. This is beautiful. I have now much more evidence that I do believe in God's Word and my hope in the coming of Christ is as strong as ever. Is there an Adventist in this crowd that might say an amen to that? Amen. amen and amen. But he, that same William Miller, on the screen. So how? So so, what date are you working for now, William? I have fixed my mind upon another time. He has a date now. I have fixed my mind upon another time, and here I mean to stand until God gives me more light. Here it comes, and that is today. And he underlines it. Today, and he puts it in all caps, and then for the third time, and today, until Jesus comes, and I see Him for whom my soul yearns. Isn't that beautiful? I've fixed my mind on another date now. In the middle of this pandemic. i will fix my mind on another date, and that date is today, and today, and today until He comes, because Jesus said, watch, watch, watch until I come. Wow. Put that uh, sequence up again, please. Because we know He's coming, even though we don't know when He's coming, we live our lives as if it were today. Hey, listen, listen, listen. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize that the world is exponentially worse, and we are exponentially closer to Jesus' return than Miller could have possibly imagined. And here we are on the brink of a new year, brave new pandemic year at Andrews University, at every other school in the land. There's another Baptist preacher. I just hinted at him a moment ago. This one is very much alive today. Who, who through a series of dreams which have now gone viral... He's put them on the Internet. They have gone viral. Through a series of dreams, he is warning America of what will befall this country this fall. I don't know how people are hearing about this. I had a friend let me know. I would never found it otherwise. I'm not giving you his name. One of these days, I am going to talk about what he is publishing. Now, this you need to understand. My own mindset here. The man is not a seer. He is not a prophet. I don't believe that. But the very fact that he has chosen to articulate these dreams, which are planting unbelievable suggestions in the minds of Americans, and the fact that this has gone viral so that Americans are hungry. Somebody speak to me about certainty in the midst of this awful uncertainty. America is ready and ripe for about anything right now. You want to be a Messiah? You just stand up and say, follow me, and there'll be people who will follow you. That's how bad it's come. This is America. I'm concerned, speaking of this gentleman, seems like a gracious guy, as a young guy, I'm concerned that his dreams might become self-fulfilling prophecies just by the suggestion. He's predicting a meltdown between now and the election in America. But that word prophecy, mm, Do you know what? That's what has so many Christians confused. I've gone online and listened to a few of their YouTubes, absolutely confused about prophecy. And by the way, I'm sorry to say this, there are so many Adventists who are just as confused about prophecy. Most have forgotten the prophecies of their childhood that they were taught. We have a new generation arriving. They're they're called Gen Z. They're here in hours. Met a bunch of them in first service. Nobody... They don't know diddly-squat about prophecies because nobody's ever talked to them about prophecy. It's for them and for you and me that I feel compelled to plunge together with you into a journey into prophecy like we've never journeyed before. We're going to call it American Apocalypse. What is past is prologue. William Shakespeare wrote that line. He wrote it in The Tempest. What is past is prologue. You look at that. It takes you a little while to get it. There's a huge lesson there, and we're going to tap that lesson pretty quickly into this new series, American Apocalypse. And we're only going to look at prophecies that relate to America. We're not going to go to the whole image, look at the whole world. No, we're not going to look at all the history. We're only looking ahead. Only looking ahead. We will have to look at the past to inform what's coming. Ah, I I hope you'll journey. It begins next week. It begins next week. And I hope you'll be a part of it. If you got family and friends that don't even live in this community, you let them know. You let them know. To accompany this new season of pandemic urgency, we are changing our worship services in this way, beginning next week. We are now going to incorporate an extended prayer focus, beginning next Sabbath. And you'll see what I'm talking about. And we are going to add a new testimony time in worship beginning next week, because we cannot go back to the way we were worshiping when this pandemic struck. I know what worship was like around here. I was a part of it, and so were you. We cannot go back to that and just pretend like life is just hunky-dory and we're all back to normal. We are not back to normal, and we will not be back to normal. This world, America, and the world are running out of time. Do you understand that? Capital A Adventist. Do you understand that? We're running out of time. And I would be judgment-bound before God if I didn't tell you what I just told you now. Ah, oh, Dwight, you're just using scare tactics. I am not. My favorite author of the 19th century, as she put it, God of heaven, wake us up. What are we waiting for this little pandemic to go away? And then, oh, boy, now we can go play Ring Around the Rosie just like we used to do it. No, 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 we cannot go back. We cannot go back. And our worship needs to reflect our conviction that life has changed and we have changed with it. And by the way, I don't say all of this because of the pandemic, but listen carefully now. It's not because of the pandemic, but rather because the pandemic has exposed fault lines that are the harbinger of collapse in this nation. We now see those fault lines. We didn't see them before. Everybody said, no, nah, no, nah, it's not that. No, no, no. We see them now. And in stunning detail, Revelations prophecies concerning this nation will reveal the measure and nature of that collapse. American apocalypse, just you wait. You will see. You'll see. So, a couple weeks ago, I'm walking out of the university medical clinic, and I bump into a faculty friend of mine and his wife. He's warm enough, mask, and I'm wearing a So, we're talking to each other in the parking lot. And I say to him, I said, I said, yo, how's it going getting ready for this brave new year? And with his mask on, he looks back at me, and he says, right, well, you're not going to believe it said, I want to be in the classroom, and there's going to be physical distancing. There may be some in another room. But I'm, I'm going I'm to be in the classroom. They'll all be masked. Oh, yeah, they'll all be masked. But while I'm lecturing to them, I'm going to have a laptop sitting right here. And I have to keep looking at that laptop, because there are people on remote who will be also taking this class, and we need to upload the last lecture online so that other people can take advantage of this class and that lecture. And then he looked at me, and he shook his masked face. He said, Dwight, you have no idea. And I looked back at him with a smile, which he could not see, and I said, I do believe you are right. Folks, most of us here have absolutely no concept of what our colleagues in educational leadership I'm talking about staff at the university. I'm talking about faculty at the university. I'm talking about the administration of the university. We have no clue to the stresses they now are living with and will continue to live with over the uncharted journey in front of us. They not only deserve, in this brave new world of COVID-19, they not only deserve our heartfelt thanks, they deserve our heartfelt prayers and intercessions every single day. And it's not just this school. It's every school in the land. It's Andrews Academy. It's Ruth Murdoch Elementary School. Everybody's living with this question mark. Jesus says, watch, watch, watch. And in John 14, just in case we miss the three watches at the end of Chapter 13, Jesus adds one more line. Watch and pray. You want a solution for this? You want to live through this and survive this? Watch and pray. There isn't a soul here who knows how this year's gonna turn out. I don't mean just Andrews. I mean America. I mean Adventism. We have no idea. Twelve months from now, where will we be? I don't know. But we serve the same Jesus of long ago, who loved on His disciples that day, three days before His crucifixion. And he's the one who is loving on the likes of you and me right now, and he's saying, don't you worry. (laughs) Don't you worry. I am coming back, and until I'm back, I will be with you always to the end of the world. I'm never leaving you. Trust me. He promises. Boy, I say to one, I say to all, watch, watch and pray. There's our hope. Leaning hard on Jesus. Boy, when they were singing Leaning on Jesus, could you? did you start singing it and break the rules? Man, that's one of my favorite hymns. I wanted to break the rules right now and stand up and sing out loud, but we can't. You just keep leaning on me, boy. Girl, you just keep leaning on me. Watch. Pray. I'm with you. Keep talking to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Ellen White in a little booklet called An Adventist Apocalypse. These are her words on the screen. If the followers of Christ watch and pray. Oh, we've heard that. They may have light to comprehend and appreciate the maneuvers of the enemy. Hold it right there. Maneuvers of the enemy for what? For you. Do you understand that when the pandemic has upped the ante, it's up the spiritual ante as well. There's somebody who's gunning for you and me. It's not like we're just having a namby-pamby sweet ride through this. No, there's this is this is high stakes playing for our souls. Now, we have nothing to be afraid of, but when we watch and pray, the, the, the counsel is when we watch and pray, when we watch and pray, we can appreciate the strategy and be on the alert. Jesus comes to Peter in, in, in chapter 14. And he says, yo, Peter, why You're sleeping. I'm dying. You're sleeping. I asked you to watch. Oh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Could you not watch just for one hour? Watch and pray. Oh, she goes on. Please. Commotions in the nation. She's speaking about the United States. Isn't this something? Commotions in the nation will bring such scenes in the world as we have heretofore been strangers. Stuff is going to happen we have never seen before. Last line as watchmen and watchwomen, entrusted with a special message. We are to keep before the people. That's the people living all around you. They don't have the hope you have. We are to keep before the people the nearness of the end. We're running out of time. Watch and pray. No, you're not gonna know when I come. You're not gonna know. You just watch and pray. You'll be fine. Lo, I'm with you.